Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey guys, I hope you're out there. Hit like, let us know you're uh, with us this morning, and we're going to get ready here in just a minute and start service. We're pretty excited today. It seems like every time we get kind of into a rhythm and into a groove, uh, something new comes along and we get to change things up. So this way, this week it's shelter in place. So last week we had the whole system figured out in the sanctuary at church, which was awesome. And we just got that down really good and nope, shelter in place. So now we're in my living room and uh, we're broadcasting from there. So I don't know how the video quality is this morning. I'm hoping it's pretty decent. So you guys... I see Christine's with us and Taylor and some others. Uh, I see my sister-in-law is here. Hi, Becky. Uh, you guys hit like, let us know you're out there, all of you. And uh, we're going to give everybody just a few minutes here to get online and, and tell us what's going on. Hey, while everybody's coming online, let me uh, remind you, if you have a prayer request this week, okay, um, if you hit the link in the Facebook page, uh, there should be a link that'll take you to our prayer request on our website. You can fill out a little informational form there and it'll get sent to us and we'll pray for those needs all week long. And then also just this morning, we're going to pray for a little bit as well, which again, while I'm letting people get on, let me um, share something. We're going to do a little different this week with prayer. We're going to pray like we always do, but we're going to be a little more general. And, and so here's the reason, all right? I put a little bit of thought into this. Um because it's just unique with Facebook Live. When you go on vacation, this is the analogy, when you go on vacation, the last thing you ought to do is put the fact that you're on vacation on Facebook for the whole world to see, because then anybody that might want a problem or cause you a problem knows you're not home. So we're gonna put our prayer requests out there, but we're gonna give a little bit less information than we typically do for that reason. Not that I don't trust you guys, but remember, we're broadcasting this morning from our front porch. This is Facebook Live from our page. So the whole world sees, and uh, so just I, I wanted to give you that little bit of heads up that we're going to do that a little differently. But for sure, put your prayer request out there and let everybody know. Uh, we still got people coming on. Hi, Jessica. Jenny's out there. Kayla, you guys keep on coming. Hit like. Let us know that you're there. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Hey, one more thing we're going to do this week just to have a little bit of fun to make things, uh, I don't know, interesting, I guess. We, if you will post a picture, okay, of you and your family having church this morning from your living room or wherever you might be, I'm going to do the same thing. I had Ruthie post a picture of me a little bit ago. Put a picture out there of you and your kids or you and your family or whoever it is uh, watching service, having services, worshiping together from a distance. And here's what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to go through all the pictures that get posted to the page and we're going to figure out, um, and I don't really have tight categories, we're going to figure out which is the most creative, which is the funniest, which is the cutest, some, something like that. I'm going to let somebody besides me make that decision because I, I don't want to be responsible. But whoever gets that, we're going to send you a free Starbucks card. How about that? You get a little bit of coffee because I know some of you are really uh, struggling with coffee needs right now. Um, so do that. Post a picture, snap a picture this morning, put it out there, and let's have a little bit of fun with this fact that we've got to have church from a distance. And we'll mail you the card. And then I know you can't go into Starbucks, but there are some that are open, so you can go through the drive-thru and get your, um, well, for me, it's a skinny vanilla latte. I don't know what you guys are. There you go. You can have it this morning. I see Max out there and Stacy. Good to have you. Robert, good to see you this morning. Um, you guys keep checking in. Let us know that you're out there. Hey, while we're waiting, we still got people coming in this morning. Let me uh, hit a couple other things. Remember, we're posting a worship set every week. So grab a hold of that and spend some time with God. Uh, Ruthie's doing the same thing for the kids. So put that worship set. It's in YouTube, but you can get to the link through our Facebook page. 
uh, put it on for your kids. Let them have some fun, and that'll be a great thing. I want to say, too, I want to say thank you to all of our staff. You guys, they are doing a great job. Pastor Scotty's working with our kids or with our teens, our youth on Instagram and trying to have something for them each week. Ruthie's, um, she's putting some stuff together, some care packages she's sending out and everybody's trying to reach out and and uh, contact everybody. And Cheryl's working with the worship set, putting the worship set together and helping take care of, of the worship team and just follow up with you guys. And, and a lot of people making phone calls. So you guys throw a little love their way, okay? Let them know you appreciate all that they're doing because I, I, this, is, this is a challenge for all of us right now. And I appreciate having a staff that's behind us uh, with all of this. Um, Easter, let me just talk about Easter for a minute, okay? It is coming really soon. Palm Sunday is next week. So a couple of things with that real quick. Uh, first one is this. You, you guys that are a part of Souls Harbor, SHC on a regular basis know on Palm Sunday, we always do our, our big extravagant offering and, and you kind of know what that's about. Well, this year we're gonna, we're gonna, we just need to bump that back. We're gonna push that back maybe to Memorial Day, uh, back a little bit later in the season. So I, I don't want anybody to have to deal with pressure of how do I want to handle that? What, what's going to happen there? And we may not, we're probably not going to be back together, but we're certainly not going to be back by next week. Easter, we're thinking about that as well. We're looking forward to Easter this year, but the chances are really good right now that Easter is going to be something that's going to have to happen from a distance. So we're actually working through some things right now um, what can Easter look like online? And we've got some interesting ideas and we're going to try to come up with something special for that because we want Easter to be very special as well. Uh, let me remind you of prayer on Tuesday, seven o'clock. We're going to do that again this week. Hope you guys will all, all, uh, connect with us for that. And, uh, I, I think that's about it. I think we've probably got a lot of people on here. I'm looking, I see a lot of people, still some more coming on. You guys keep hitting like, let us know that you're out there. We're really glad to have you. If you're here this morning and you're a guest, You've never really been a part of SHC, never been to one of our services. Let me just say welcome. We're glad to have you. Um, and and I, hope, I hope today all that goes on and what little bit I'm going to share here in a few minutes, God really will, will step in and speak some things to your life. Or to your life. Um, we are glad to have you a part of the family this morning and just excited for that as well. Uh, if you'd like to join what we do on Wednesdays, you can join our Facebook group. Uh, the link should be out there. Just join our group and we do a Bible study right now. We're going through the prophecies of Daniel. We'd love to have you come and be a part of that. I see Jimmy's out there. Bill's watching, Bill and Jan. So welcome you guys. Glad to have you. Jer's out there and Shelly's got on. Um, someday I'm going to have to sit down and figure out who comes in late to church when we're actually having service in the building versus who comes in five minutes after the broadcast start. I wonder if it's the same people. I don't know. That could be kind of fun to find out. Regardless, I'm just glad you're here this morning. So welcome. Ginger got on. I see Ginger there. Robert, uh, Robert's back. And Zoe's there with him. Hi, Zoe. Uh, we're glad to have you guys and uh, really excited for that. Uh, last thing, and then we're going to pray and then um, we're, we're going to pray for some needs and we're going to get into God's word here just for a minute. And just so you know, so you kind of know how we flow with this online. This isn't a, a full-blown service, obviously. Uh, I'm going to preach a shortened message. It's going to be about 20 minutes or so. So hang with us for a little bit, okay? We'd really like you to do that. Um, we're working on our lighting. I can kind of see my face is really glowing right now. So that's, you know, it's not God. I wish I could say it was, but it's uh, it's the sunlight. So this whole thing of being online live is a new experience for us. So we're trying to figure it out. Whoever thought the weather would play a part, but boy, it sure, certainly, uh, it certainly absolutely does. Um, for those of you that are part of SHC that have been contacting us about how can I continue to support our missions and give, let me just say this. 
thank you. You guys are awesome. Uh, you've done a great job of continuing to care for our missionaries and give each week. And, and I know some of you aren't a part of SHC, and the, you know, so I'm not. This isn't about pushing at you or anything whatsoever. But I just want to say for those of you that are a part of the family that God has blessed and you're blessing uh, the ministry of the church, thank you for that. Keep doing that. That's just awesome. Uh, you're doing a great job. So keep that up and thank you for that. Hey, let's pray. Uh, let's pray this morning and then we're going to pray over the congregation and the needs that may have come in this morning. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for being a great God. We praise you and we bless you and we worship you this morning. And I pray over uh, the congregation. We're, we're at a place right now in our country where jobs are iffy sometimes. We're not exactly sure where things are going. So I pray you continue to bless your people as they're faithful to you. And I ask you this, Lord, as we go through this, uh, this interesting time in our world, that you would also give us wisdom uh, and direction as we use your finances to bring glory to God and, Lord, to bring the, the message of Jesus Christ to the world. I pray this morning over those that are sick, those that are injured, and those that are just going through hard times I've had requests all week. I've talked to people. I know there's stuff going on. I know there's there's people that are sick, people that are injured, people that have family that are dealing with stuff. And Lord, I'm not going to throw all the details out there, but we as the people of God ask you this morning, will you step in and God, will you work and will you move and will you touch lives and will you touch bodies in Jesus name? Amen. 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 Hey, if you've got your Bible this morning, do this with me. Go to the book of Joel, okay? And uh, go to with me to chapter one this morning, and I want to preach a message. It's called, Why Grasshopper? That's it, Why Grasshopper? And every time I think of that, I've got a friend of mine who's a part of our church, um, used to go around and say, hey, grasshopper, all the time, just about like that. I always, some of you know who he is. I always, I always think of him in that scenario. Why Grasshopper is my title this morning. I'm gonna be honest with you guys, it's a little bit more of a sobering message uh, than I usually preach. Um, and it's a little bit more of a sobering message even in the last couple of weeks that I've preached, but I really do think that um, it's from God. I believe I've spent time praying this week and I do believe it's appropriate for where we're at right now and, and this time. Still got a few people checking in, guys. Good to have you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. What I want to preach about this morning is the idea of why. Now, so I, I took some time last night, this morning, to pull the latest numbers, the latest statistics of what's going on in our world right now with the COVID-19. Um, 660,000 cases worldwide, uh, actually in excess of that is where we're at right now. Uh, and I'm going to keep this, some of what I'm going to talk about this morning, I want you guys to understand this, I'm going to kind of keep it a little bit of a high level, if that makes sense, because I know we've got kids watching and my goal this morning isn't to cause them any kind of consternation or problems or issues or fear or anything like that. So, But we've got 660,000 cases of this right now across the world. Uh, the U.S. now has the most cases in the world, we're at 120,000 plus right now. And if you have been watching the news, and I'm sure uh, many of you have, all of you probably to one degree or another, New York City right now is in really a hard, hard place. Uh, Chicago is really being hit hard. California is being hit hard. Florida and Louisiana are kind of on the beginning of what's really a tough place right now. Um, so we're at a unique place. And I think when you go there and when that happens with a nation and a world, it's natural to begin to ask the question, why? Why? 
So what I want to pick up this morning is that question, but, I, but here's the thing. I want to take it from a little bit different context than maybe no, normally we would take it. Normally when we say why, what we would, might be asking is what has caused this? And I, I don't want to go with it that way this morning because the, the answer to what has caused it, and you can have different views, but it's a virus, okay? It's a virus. We know that it's a virus. We know that's the, the medicinal, the medical piece of this. It's a virus. But I want to go at it from a little different perspective of why in the sense of what can come out of this? What can come out of this that's good? What can come out of this that's positive? What can come out of this that is glorifying to God? What can come out of this that makes us stronger as a nation and stronger as a people? Because here's what I believe, and I I know this to be true, just from life experience and my own heart, I know this, that anytime we go through hard stuff, anytime anybody goes through hard stuff, it's it's in human, our human nature to want to, want to know that out of that hard stuff, something positive comes. Right? Doesn't that make sense? I, I, I believe that to be true. And that's where we want to go this, with this this morning. Not what caused it, but what can come out of this that's good. Now, our media has done an, a, a, an interesting job, a good job, and, and a necessary job. So this isn't a criticism of pointing out to, to us all the potential pitfalls and the problems. Our, our politicians have done a, a pretty sobering job as well. Um, we know there's a shortage of ICU beds. We know that there's insufficient ventilators in many places. We know that we're looking at unemployment. I've heard numbers as high as 30%. We know that we're looking at a, a, a drop in GDP of 50%, possible recession, possible depression, all those things. We know all those things. So we get that side. But is there really some good that can come out of this? Now, this morning, I, I mentioned Joel a minute ago, and that's where we're going to go today is the book of Joel. If you've got your Bibles, and I've got mine here with me, so I'm going to just turn with you as you as you look these things up. Go with me this morning to the book of Joel chapter 1. The prophet Joel spoke to the people of God in a time that was in a lot of ways, in many ways, similar to the times that we're living in today. Now, let me just give you a couple caveats before we jump into Joel chapter 1, okay? The first one is this. Um, we have to be careful that we don't too tightly equate what Joel and his people were going to, to what through, through to what we're going through, okay? It's, it's not an absolutely, hey, this is why that happened to them. This is what happened to them. This is what's going to happen to us. But having said that, I believe 2 Timothy 3.16 is still true, that there, all of Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, is put out there for our correction, our reproof, our teaching, our training, our growth, and for our encouragement. So I believe in Joel, even though it's not exactly the same thing, I believe that we can, can take some comfort and some, learn some things from the book of Joel. So we're going to go at it that way. And, and let me give you this last, this last thing, this last caveat before we read Joel chapter 1. Just because we're people, now, now get this, this is really important, okay? And I'm going to come back to this later. Just because we're people of prayer, just because we're people of faith, just because we're people of God, just because we believe in God, it doesn't mean we throw out all medicine, we throw out all science. It's, it's, not, it's not faith or science, faith or medicine, it's both and. It's not either or, it's both and. So let me just say that I'm going to talk a lot about faith. I'm going to talk a lot about repentance. I'm going to talk a lot, a lot about the things of God this morning. But that doesn't mean we don't believe and don't aren't appreciative of all of our medical workers and all that they're doing out there because we, we absolutely are. So let's look this morning at Joel chapter 1. And uh, let me just read with you verse 2. So if you've got your Bibles there, uh, go ahead and turn with me and let's read this together. And let's find out how tightly this correlates with what we're going through right now. How close is this? Let's find this out. Uh, Verse two, hear this, you elders, or you older people. It's not talking about leaders. He's talking about older people. Hear this, you seniors, you older people, you that have lived some life, give ear all inhabitants of the land has such a thing happened in your days. 
or in the days of your father? Has such a thing ever happened before? Now, so how closely does this correlate to where we're at today? You know, I, I heard a phrase um, this week. What we're going through right now is a hundred year event. It's a hundred year event. And, and, and it's not just coincidentally a hundred years instead of 200 years or a thousand years. It, it was about a hundred years ago we went through the last pandemic, the Spanish flu. Uh, th this is a, a hundred year event. Something else that I hear people saying, or I've heard people use this term, it, it is such a big deal right now. It is such a powerful uh, society, life-changing thing right now that it's going to impact our generational memory. Look with me at verse 3. It says this. It says, has anything like this ever happened before in verse 2? And then in verse 3, Joel goes on and he says, tell your children of it. And let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. Is there a correlation? Is what Joel was going through similar to what we're going through? I certainly see it in those first two verses. It was it was a once in a lifetime. It was a hundred year event for them as it is for us. People couldn't remember it ever happening happening before, and it was a it was something that impacted their generational memory. Now 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 listen. This isn't the first time that America has had something so profound, so impacting that it it impacted our generational memory. And let me just give you a couple of examples. The first one I'm gonna throw out there: we don't have any memory of it. We're we're, we're too young. It's the Civil War. We probably can't really appreciate it, but it impacted a generation and the next generation powerfully. Uh, the, the, another one that comes to mind, probably the next really, really, really big one, uh, I, I don't remember, but my mom does, who's 85 years old, and it was the Great Depression. And many of you have family members, moms and dads or grandparents probably, that, that they, they were like my mom, who was very young, a child in the, at the very end of the Great Depression, but it impacted the way they saw the world. It impacted how you don't throw anything away. Everything has a, a use and everything has two uses. Does that make sense to anybody out there? If you do, hit, hit, hit that like button. Let me know that you're out there, okay? Let me know that this makes sense to you. You have family members that you can see the Great Depression impact on their life? Because I, I do. I, I see it in a generation. It was a generational memory. Uh, probably another one would have been 9-11. And, and then just 2008, just 10 years ago, the Great Depre or the Great Recession that we went through. You know, I, I, I know this to be true. I hear, I hear so, uh, sociologists talking about this. That experience impacted our, our generation that are now in their early 20s. You know, you hear people talk about this reality that we've got a new, a younger generation that doesn't care so much about stuff. They don't care about possessions. They don't care about houses. What they care about is experiences. You know, one of the reasons that that is true it's because their generational memory, what they, they grew up experiencing, their first memories of life and the world around them was the Great Recession of 2008. And all of a sudden they realized that, yeah, I might have a house today, but tomorrow it may not be there. I might have a great job today, but tomorrow it may not be there. And it, and it, and it reoriented them away from possessions towards experiences. And that's what I'm talking about this morning with generational memory. Joel, when we read in chapter three, tell it to your children, tell it to your, 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 your children, your grandchildren, and them to the next generation. That's what we're going through right now. Now, here's the reason I bring this up this morning. And here's why it's so important. Parents and grandparents, don't, don't, don't let this slip away from you. What we're going through right now will impact your kids and your grandkids for the rest of their life. It's a generational memory. And we as the people of God, we as Christians, we as believers this morning, okay, we need to do everything in our power to make sure that as they go through this experience, they go through it with us and they go through it with this, this knowledge that, yes, it may get hard. Yes, it may be hard, 
but God is still faithful. We need to be talking to them and, and, and talking to them about the realities, not sugarcoating it, but letting them know that God still cares for us, that God will still protect his people, that God is still in control, that God is still in charge, and not let it become, some, become something that, that impacts them in a negative way, but something that impacts them in a way that grows their faith and grows their trust and grows their spiritual life. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Let me let me let me know if you're out there. I, I miss having all your faces out there in front of me, so I can I can connect with you and I can see how you're feeling and and, and know whether this makes sense. But we are absolutely at a generational moment, just like they were with with Joel in the book of Joel. It's also unique in its worldwide scope. What we're going through right now, you know, uh, there is a term that's become really popular in our world. Uh, you hear a lot about it, usually in the context of um, war uh, and, and the number of wars that America's fought. We've, we've seen this happen all the way back into the early, into World War I. It was called different things, but it's come today to be known as PTSD, um, post-traumatic syndrome. And, and it, has, it has been acknowledged as a real problem. And, I, and there's an article, I've actually posted the link on our, on our Facebook page if you want to follow it and see it. But there is a link that talks about, I've heard people talking about and, and read this article about um, what we're going through right now is going to have that kind of impact on a lot of people. Now, we've been very blessed in, a, in the Midwest right now. And, and if you've been touched by this in a negative way, um, I'm not making light of that, and I'm not saying you've you've not suffered or you're not struggling, because I know many people are, so please don't take it that way. But overall, in the Midwest, we are right now at a place where we're just not seeing what they're saying in New York City. So we miss the, 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 the post-traumatic stress, that piece of it. Our first responders and maybe those in our hospitals are seeing some of this, but around the world, right now, it's pretty horrific, okay? But the unique thing is, and we, we're, we're praying this doesn't continue to expand and grow, but right now it certainly is. Um, what we're seeing right now is this. Uh, people are struggling. And it's for the first time, this is something going on around the globe, around the world. Okay. Now, now listen, we've had this happen in New York City at 9-11. We've had it happen in various wars. We've had it, but this is the first time it's been global in its scope and global in its nature. Do you understand how big a deal that is? Now you say, Pastor Barry, that's great. That's depressing. What's the point? My point is this. What, what a great, what, what, what can come out of this that is positive? What a great time for the people of God to be a people of hope, a people of promise, a people of faith, a people of prayer, a people that can speak into people's hearts and people's lives, a, a people that can say, you know what? This is hard. This is bad. This is difficult. But God is still got this and we're going to believe with you and we're going to pray for you. What a great opportunity. What a time in the world that the world needs. They need us. They, not to be arrogant about this, but they need people that have a connection and a relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. Why? What can come out of this? Well, what can come out of this is hope, promise, there's another thing that come, can come out of this, and I, I want you all to look at this with me. Um, what is this thing that Joel talks about? He says it in verse 1. He says, he says, Here you elders, give, give ear all the inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened? What is this thing that has happened? Okay. Well, let's go on down to verse 4, and we get an idea of what they were going through. And again, let's see what the correlation is to what we're going through today. In verse 4, he says, This thing is this. What the cutting locust left... The swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten. And what the hopping locust left, the, the destroying 
uh, locust has eaten. And, and we see, and there's, there's some disagreement with, with Bible scholars about what exactly was going on in Israel. So let me just give you a couple things here and then bring it back to where we're at today. The, the first one is, from what I just read, it was, it was invasions of locusts. Locusts were coming in. Grasshoppers were coming in. That's where the title of the sermon comes from. Uh, why grasshopper? Grasshoppers were coming in. Grasshoppers were eating and destroying the crops, and they were coming in waves. The first wave came through, and it ate a, a big portion of the crops. And a second wave came through and ate a big portion of what was left in the third wave and a fourth wave, and it was devastating to the land. Now, others think that maybe the, the locust was a metaphor because in verse 6 it says this, For a nation has come up against my land, powerful and beyond number. Its teeth are like lion's teeth. And some people are thinking that maybe it's, it, it, was, it was the Babylonians or the Assyrians and the locust is just a metaphor for that. Here's what I want you to know this morning. Here's what connects to us, okay? It doesn't matter whether it was locust or whether it was, it was an invading army. What we do know is it was a very real, it was a very uh, tangible uh, problem attack against their nation, against the people of God. And, and I would suggest to you this, this morning that there is a correlation for us. We're, we're not facing an invading army in the sense of another nationality, but we are facing an attack this morning that is a very real, real thing and, and a very real tangible enemy. And there's a correlation with, with Joel just as there was in these other areas. What about the severity of what they were facing? Look with me at Joel chapter one, and let's jump down to verse 10. Um, and, and let me just give you a minute to get there, okay? The fields are destroyed, the ground mourns because the grain is destroyed, but the wine dries up and the oil languishes. Jump down to verse 16, and let me read that with you this morning. Is not the food cut off before our eyes? Verse 17, the seed shrivels under the clods, the storehouses are desolate, the granaries are torn down because the grain has dried up. Uh, again, let's look. Is there a correlation? What we see in Joel, is, is it comparable to what we're going through today? You know, I got to believe in many ways that it absolutely is. What we see coming through almost seems like it's going to come through in waves unless God steps in. And you hear people talking about this idea of 30% unemployment. It's unimaginable. I lived in northern Indiana. Uh, some of you that are on there, I, I know right now did as well during the 2008 uh, uh, Great Recession. I, I was working in Elkhart at that time when unemployment in Elkhart hit an all-time high of 18%. 18%. It was the highest county, the highest unemployment in county in the United States of America. I remember what 18% looked like, and I can't imagine almost double that 30%, but that is one of the possible projections. You think about 50% GDP loss, and, and, and it's horrendous. And I know that there are those that are pushing and saying that, that it's going to be short-lived, and I pray that it is, and it very well may be, but we see what's going on in Joel, and we see that we're at a place in America right now where it could be very, very similar. So what are the things, why? What is it that can come out of this that is good, that is great, that is positive? Let me give these last few things as I bring this all to an end here in just a minute. Go with me down to Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Um, some people are going to say this is judgment. Some are going to say this is just a virus. Here's what I'm going to say to you this morning. Whether it is judgment or whether it is just a virus, God is still God. So read this with me. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. And let's look at this together. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And look what it says, and he relents over disaster. 
Here's what I'm going to say to you this morning. Here's what can come out of this that can be good. Um, in the middle of tragedy, we find opportunity for deliverance. Do you, do you get that? Any, any great disaster is an opportunity for great salvation, right? And, and I believe we, as the people of God, have got to grab a hold of that and hang on to that, okay? We are facing potentially, potentially great disaster, but great disaster is the opportunity for great salvation, right? We see that in Joel. That's what can come out of this, a great deliverance. Why, what can come out of this? He gives us another uh, little bit of insight in verse 5. He tells us up in verse 5, and just go with me. Let, me. let me read this to you this morning. He says this. He says, Awake, you drunkards, and weep and wail, all you who dr are drinkers of wine because of the sweet wine. Now, now listen, some people will take that to mean it's just simply those that abuse alcohol. And if that's the direction you choose to go with it, that's fine. But let me let me just throw something out there for you to think about. Those of you that are a little bit more versed in biblical history and biblical context, many times in God's Word, in Old Testament and New Testament, the idea of, of being a drunkard or, or abusing uh, alcohol like he does here is actually a metaphor for other things. Think about how many times God talks about people being drunk um, on on money or drunk on lust or or drunk on idolatry. I mean, many times he chastises the people of the Old Testament, his people there, you're drunk on idolatry, you're drunk on immorality. Um, and, and I would suggest to you this morning that what he's saying is this, and this is the great thing that can come out of this. He says it in verse five, he says, awake. What can come out of this? How about an awakening? Can you imagine, do you think we're at a place in this world where we could use a, an awakening? Uh, 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 hey, uh, wake up. If you're at a place in your life, if you happen to be one of those that feels like the whole world revolves around me. Um, I, because when he talks about drunkard, what he's really talking about are those that, that, that their whole existence revolves around what makes them feel good, what makes them feel pleasure in the moment. In the instance, it doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter what it costs anybody else. And you say, Pastor Bray, that's pretty pessimistic. Well, let me just let me just suggest this to you. Here's an illustration. Here's one of the places we saw this this week. How many of those that were partying on the beaches in Florida? And I know some of them were there simply because they were just didn't get how serious it was. But I heard more than one person say something to this effect: that Hey, if I get the virus, I get the virus. Isn't that really what this is about? Alcohol has nothing to do with it. It's a philosophy of life that says, I'm going to live in the moment. I'm going to live for what's great, greatly pleasurable for me. I'm going to live for what, what is going to make me the most fun and the most enjoyment and not worry about the impact it has on anybody else. And what can come out of this? What can come out of this, according to Joel, is an awakening. Wake up and realize that there's more to this life than just the moment. There's more to this life than just the pleasure that I'm in. And I believe Joel and God is trying to challenge us with that this morning. What can come out of this? The why of this? What can come out of this that it's good? Um, it's an awareness that prayer matters. It's an awareness that God is in control. It's an awareness of this, that God still today controls the wind, he controls the waves, and he controls disease, right? What can come out of this? It can come out of God's people once again waking up and understanding because it wasn't just the drunkard that was challenged here. We also read in Joel chapter one that it was the priest, it was the minister, it was all the nation that were called to this. And I would say to you, Christian, this morning, we ourselves need to be challenged. Every generation faces a moment where they have to make a decision. 
Every Christian faces a moment where they have to decide, do I really believe this stuff that I say I believe, or have I just been going through the motions because everybody else does? And we're at that moment now. Do we believe God is in control? Do we believe God controls the wind and the waves and the disease? Do we believe that prayer matters? Because we've been saying that we do for a long time, but now we're at a place we can decide, we can show it, we can live it out, or we can pull ourselves back in and just give it up. And let me let me throw this, this piece out to you, okay? Because I, I watched this week some people abuse faith. I, I, I was just sickened to my stomach when I saw a couple of things where it had happened. Um, a call to believe, a call to faith is not a call to be stupid. Now, please hear me on this, okay? Um, a call to be a person of biblical faith is not a call to tempt or try God. I, I saw churches, and thank goodness there's not a lot of them, but I saw churches, and I didn't see in, Indian, any, in, in, any in Indiana, maybe there are some, but I saw churches where they made the decision, they made the proclamation, we're going to have church, we're going to lay hands on people, we're going to pray for them, we're going to do all the things we've always done. And, and those things are awesome, but they, they took the arrogant stand to say, we're going to do these things and nothing's going to happen to us. Now here's the thing, now, now get this, okay? Biblical faith is never an excuse to throw away biblical wisdom, right? Faith is not an argument for living a life of foolishness. Nowhere in Scripture does God teach us that. Not if you read the entirety of Scripture. We're told in James that if any are sick among you, call the elders and anoint them with oil and lay hands on them and pray for, for them. No, nowhere does it say that you can't put or shouldn't put on rubber gloves while you do it, right? Nowhere does it say that. But the other thing it doesn't say, it says call for the elders, anoint them with oil and pray over them, the prayer of faith. But it also does not say when you're done praying for them or maybe even before you pray for them, go and find the doctor. Go and talk to the doctor. Go and take the medication. It's not a thing of faith or medicine. It's a thing of both faith and medicine because God works through both. Understand that this morning. But we are a people of faith, and I'm not walking away from faith. I will not walk away from faith. God has not called us to walk away from faith, but he's also not called us to walk away from wisdom this morning. Let me give you this last thing, this last piece, and then we can bring this to an end this morning. And thank you all so much for hanging with me. I see so many of you still out there throwing up comments that I can't read while I'm talking and preaching, but I'm really glad that you've been here. Um, I hope everybody has hung in there for this, and I hope through all of this, some of this is... Is, is challenging you this with, 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 with be a person of prayer this week because we're on the edge of either looking at a great disaster or we're looking at a great salvation, okay? I, I hope as you walk away today, that's what you walk away with this. Let's pray, let's fast, let's seek God, let's pray for our nation, let's pray for our president, let's pray for our Congress, let's pay, pray for our neighbors, let's believe God, let's look for not a great disaster, but let's pray for and ask for a great salvation. I hope, I hope that's what you're getting out of this. Let me give this last thing. And it's out of Joel chapter 2 this morning. And I want to read to you verses 1 and 2 because Joel did one other thing that's really important. And some of you this morning, you really need to hear this. He said in verse 1 of chapter 2, Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord. That's an important phrase right there. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness like blackness. There is spread upon the mountain. And here's where I want to close this morning with this. The experience Joel went through was not the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is going to be that day 
where each and every one of us stands before God. Now, there's pieces and parts to it, and that's not what this message is about this morning, but I just want you to understand that very basic general con con concept. The day of the Lord is the day that ultimately we will all stand before God and we'll give a, a, an account to him. Not if we lived a good life, because none of us can live a good enough life, but we will all give an account of, of, of have we made Jesus Christ our Savior? Have we asked him to forgive us of our sins? I, I say this to our congregation all the time. God has not called us, and Christians are not perfect. We're, we're, we're not. I, we don't claim to be perfect. What we are is forgiven, and we have to continually be forgiven because we're still human beings who make mistakes, okay? But the question is going to be on the day of the Lord, the day of judgment. We're going to stand before God, and we're going to give an, an answer to him. Was I willing to humble myself enough and say, God, I've got history, I've got past, I've got sin in my life, and I, I, I don't have the ability to, for, to, to do anything good enough to be forgiven for it, so I ask you to forgive me and know that Jesus Christ paid the price for my sins and your sins. So here's the thing. Joel was telling his people the day of the Lord is coming. The, the, the tragedy they were going through wasn't the day of the Lord. What we're going through right now isn't the day of the Lord. And I believe what Joel was trying to say to them is, you think this is bad? You think what you're experiencing right now is, is horrendous, and it is? There is coming a day where the day of the Lord will come. It's coming quickly. It's coming soon. Make sure you're ready. And I would say that to you today. We're thousands of years down the road from Joel, and it's even closer, and it's even truer today. The day of the Lord is nearer than it's ever, ever been. Is your heart right? Have you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins? Have you asked God to be your best friend? Have you asked him to live in your heart? Have you asked him to step into and allow you to step into a relationship with him? Because if you haven't, as bad as it may be right now, there is a day that's coming, com, com, coming that's going to be worse. And here's the thing. Here's the thing you got to know, okay? Just like every great disaster is an opportunity for great salvation, the day of judgment, the day of the Lord is going to be both a day of judgment and it's going to be a day of salvation. And what it is for me and what it is for you depends on the choices we make right now. Now, will we ask Christ to be our Savior? Will we ask God to forgive us of our sins? If the answer is that yes, then the day of the Lord, when it finally does come, and, and it may be soon, it may be tomorrow, it may be next month, it may be 10 years from now, it may be 20 years from now, we don't know, but when it does come, or it may hit us this way, it may hit us simply because our lives end, but when the day of the Lord does come, if we've asked him to forgive us of our sins, then it's a day of salvation, not a day of judgment. But for some, it will be a day of judgment. And I hope this morning, as we bring this to a close, I hope if you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, you'll do that. Because I want the day of the Lord for you to be a day of salvation, not a day of judgment. Does that make sense? care about you guys. I'm proud of you all, proud of our church, proud of so many people that I just see you doing your best um, to follow God and to serve God. Thank you for that. Keep doing that. Keep praying. And let's believe God for a great salvation rather than a great disaster. And I believe he'll do that. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for being a God that takes an active part in all of our lives. Every one of us. Thank you for that. You care about us. You care deeply about us. And I pray this morning that you would protect those that are here listening. I pray that you would protect those across the state of Indiana. I pray, God, that you would give us a great salvation instead of a great disaster. I pray, God, that you would use this moment in time to cause the people of God to dig deep inside of themselves and to become people of fasting, people of prayer, people that call out to you, that rend their hearts. I pray, God, that you would use it to be a time of a great awakening to awake this nation to the reality we need God. We don't throw out the other stuff, but we need God. 
I pray this morning that as we move on through these next days and weeks, that you would be with each one, that you would provide, that, that you would help us to live out as we ask you for our daily bread, that you would provide that daily bread as you choose to. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Hey, listen, don't forget Tuesday evening, 7 o'clock, we're going to have a time of prayer together on Facebook Live again in our group. So if you're not in the group, please click the link and join the group. Um, also, Wednesday evening, we have our Bible study. We're going through the prophecies of Daniel, which is just really timely for where we're at right now. But I will tell you that that was actually planned like back in December. So um, it's just really worked out well. And, and, and I believe God had a hand in that as well. So join us Wednesday. We meet at 630 again in our group. So if you're not a part of the group, you're welcome. We'd love to have anybody in there um, come and, and just be a part of, of the teaching and the prayer time. And uh, love you guys. Have a great week. And uh, if you need anything, reach out, let us know and uh, care for one another. And don't forget this. Please don't forget this. Care for your neighbor. Find the person across the street, around the corner, in the backyard, across the backyard, and love them and help them as well. It's a great chance to be Jesus' hand and his feet. God bless. Love you guys. See you soon. I hope. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.